Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hirons, and the show is brought to you by Blue Dead Design. Today on the show, we talk to the Irish sports illustrator, Dan Laven. Specialising in football illustrations, Dan has worked with the biggest names in sport. During the show, we talk about agents, copycat designs, red flags, drawing techniques, and working with big clients, and much more. I really hope you enjoy the show. This is my chat with Dan Laven. Welcome to the show. Cheers, Mark. Thanks very much. No worries. Can we talk a little bit about your background, uh, are you growing up and finding design? Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I always like drawing, as most people do when they're in this type of job. So when I was young, we lived in Mayo, which is in, it's on the west coast of Ireland. And then we moved to Sligo, where I live now. So I was like two, but my mother's American. So we moved to New York for like two and a half years, I think, and lived there. And then we moved back. And since that, I've lived in the same village. So I still live in that village now. And I've got my office there. I went to school there, went to college near it. So that's where I've been since. Um, College-wise, I studied product design. I entered there. Yeah, it was the summer that Liverpool won the Champions League. So I remember like the last day of school. (laughs) Liverpool never won anything good when I was in school. And the day they won the Champions League final was the last day. So I couldn't go in the next day and like gloat in front of all the Man United fans. But uh, I went to college for four years, studied product design. And like, I liked it. We learned about concepts and all that type of stuff. And it's great. We learned to draw. But the best thing was we learned about Photoshop and we learned about Adobe Illustrator too. So like once I kind of found those, I was just off in a world of my own trying to move my drawings from paper to the actual computer and learn how to color with line work and blah, blah, blah. So I graduated in 2009. And I did freelance graphic design like for a year or two after. And all along from when I was like 14, 15, I had the same job in a slot machine place. So I was in the slot machine place for like 12 years until I was 25. Nice. And I managed to get the illustration stuff going alongside it. And I remember like the last night I worked there was when that storm hit New York. I think it was in like, 2012 it was a really bad storm that hit New York a few years ago it was my last night working there and I was just like yes <laughs> but I was also nervous because like I didn't know if I was going to make money or not yeah. but the next morning I had an email from Nike to do like a world uh, <laughs> social media thing oh man I was like yes you had a few incredible last days then last day of school Champions League finally yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the job Nike coming the next day that's incredible Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was listening to the BT Sport interview you did about Torres and they did the Torres um, Photoshop and that was where you started. Like, the Photoshop stuff. Can you talk, tell us about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah. So I was doing all the kind of graphic design stuff. I was doing menus for local restaurants, you know, that type of yeah. kind of general stuff. And when Torres left Liverpool, I was like, oh, just heartbroken. So, yeah. <laughs> I only kind of, like, that was around the time I started to, like, lose interest in Liverpool once Rafa was kind of going, because I thought, like, oh, Hodgson, just, oh. It went downhill a bit, didn't it? Oh, jeez. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I just made the Photoshop with Tara's with the wheelbarrow of money, like, <laughs> and uh, I was down in the pub, and someone had it on their phone. So I thought, oh, my God, like, the power of social media and how things can get shared. And, like, they didn't know I made it. They're showing it to me. I just thought, whoa, that's that's crazy. So then I started a blog 
and I used that. So that was a blog spot. And I used that for like a year and a bit. And I'd put stuff on it every day. So I started off doing like, you know, like crappy magazines, like Heat Magazine and all those type of gossip things. So I, I did fake football versions of that for like a year straight. <laughs> Just stupid stories on the cover. like. And uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. And I think people shared them a bit. But as I did it, like my need to make artwork started to come in more. So I do a poster now and again. And I thought, oh, hang on, this is about a million times better than doing the photoshops. So I started doing vectors. And uh, I was doing vectors for a good few months. And Graham Hunter, the Spanish football correspondent, liked my work. And he got me to illustrate his first book. So that was like the first job I had. So I did that. And I retained all the copyright for all the images. So I was able to sell them. So I started a shop and they put a link to the shop in and they put a little postcard with like an advert in the actual book. They're really nice. And uh, I opened the shop like on the back of that and uh, it went from strength to strength because back then that was like 2012. There wasn't uh, as much, it wasn't as saturated as it is now like with, with other football artists. Mm. So I think like it was like shooting fish in a barrel really. Then. <laughs> like you could put anything and it'd be like, oh, I sold a few today, nice one, happy days. But um, yeah, so I did that for like four years with the shop. And as I said, um, I had the first job at Nike. And I learned a lot there with like pricing and, you know, just putting out a quote. Yeah. Because I was, cause I was going to give them a quote of like 800 euros. I was like, oh, 800 euros, is that fair? Is it too much? But Stanley Chow put me on to an agent and she was able to do up a quote for me and I paid her a fee. So the quote was like, <laughs> way more than that and I sent it in and I managed to get that like so like I managed to get a large kind of payday on the first job and it was like nearly all I'd make in a year in the slot machine place yeah. so I was oh sweet this is good so that was like the first kind of big thing yeah the, the, the agent stuff because that's not talked about too much in design what, what's oh, sort of, yeah. like can we talk can we talk about that like, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so uh, what what's what is an agent in design and what um yeah, how how do you get one? <laughs> yeah, oh right, okay. So I don't have an agent, but you can, you know, like there's a few that will provide a service to have a look at a job and they will make up a quote for you and you can take the quote and send it to your client. But it's usually something they'll do, you know, they might do it off the book, well not off the books, but they wouldn't publicize it because they have a set list of clients that they don't want to be seen to be working outside of. But um yeah, so like I remember I paid like I think 250 sterling for the quote, but for the money that made me more than what I was going to uh, quote Nike initially, like, you know, it was well worth it. It was crazy. But um, yeah, like I've done a lot of research on agents. Like I don't know too much, but like I've tried to get them a few times early enough when I was starting out and I couldn't even get an email back. Like it's just, you, you really need to have, I think, just like you, you need to be able to do one or two things brilliantly that they can see and it's really distinct. Like, like I was only thinking last night, I was out getting a pizza and I was thinking, would I get a pizza in a place that only sells pizza or would I get one in one that does Chinese pizza uh, you know, and all other food? And I go, I'll go to the pizza place. So I was kind of thinking like, yeah, like that's like illustration. You need to be good at doing a certain portrait or a certain style of image because that's what people want. They need to know 
he's really good at that. We can use him for this thing, you know. So I think that's what agents want. But also, in reading about it, um, you know, people are obsessed with finding the style of work, and that's something that I would talk about too. Yeah. But like I've come to realize lately, it's like it's your voice, it's the way you approach the material, and like you can use a variety of styles. I think to arrive at what suits you and what suits the way that you think. So um, I think agents just want, they don't mind if you've got one or two or three styles, as long as they're very good, because they just want to have someone that's able to fulfill a purpose and make the client happy, I think. So I still don't have an agent though. So, you know, I don't know what that worked <laughs> like, but I, yeah. Um, so do they find you work or do, or do they, once you get work in, do they send them a message? Or? How's that? With the agents. Um, okay, now I know that there's, there's a few types of agreements. So I would say the larger the artist, the more power the artist has. Right. So if you're starting out, I think you can pay to have an agent. So you can pay them a fee. And there's some agents that will do that. But there's other ones that make you sign an agreement. You cannot find work on your own. And if you do find work on your own, the agent is entitled to like a 30% uh, right. you know, fee. So I wouldn't sign up to anything like that because... I just think that doesn't, you know, that doesn't click well with being a freelancer. No, absolutely. And like, you know, and if they're getting a kickback off work you found yourself, it doesn't really encourage them to go and do it for you. Yeah. So this is, you know, like this is about the limit of what I know about it. But um, I haven't tried to get one in a while. So I think I need to keep, keep working and try and get some uh, work that people can kind of recognize or something, you know, and they go, oh, I like that. I've seen it around, you know, and then maybe. I don't, I don't think I have a problem with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's an interesting one because I've I heard it talked about a couple of times, but yeah, it, it seems like a hush hush topic like, in design. Like, no one you know, yeah. That's like uh, when I was in college, no one, no one talked to us about sending out invoices. Yeah. No one, no one. And I had to learn all that. Like it's, it's so, um, it's such a gray area. That's, mm. it's like everyone wants to talk about making the work and like, you know, you know, like uh, finding the best bits of the brief and doing it and stuff. But like, you need to get paid, yeah. and no one talks about it in college. So like, I've had to learn that stuff like just on the fly. And um, that's where the football community is great. Like, you know, it's great to be able to send messages to people on Twitter and just ask advice. You know, people that know more than you. Yeah. People always help. Like, they're so friendly. Like, everyone in the football community I found is like just so nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think this is one of the really cool communities that everyone knows each other's work and everyone gets to know each other eventually. Like like you say, Stan Chow and, and Dave, yeah. all, all sort of yeah, every, everyone's talking. Oh, the legend, Dave is, Dave is Dave is so nice. Dave is like the nicest guy in it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's a cool guy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's, it's cool. Uh, but yeah, I think when I did my college course, uh, mm. I asked if we were going to do anything like that about sort of business side of it. We just he just she just said. No, that's, we haven't got enough time for that really so but it's like that's one of the most important bits of the job you know, when yeah. You it. <laughs> yeah oh and that's exactly it like yeah like you have to be ruthless with it too yeah. you have to know how to put together uh, the policies on you know i always have a page at the end of the quote where it has the payment policies and what happens if it's late uh, when i want payment for like right so i usually will take 40 percent of the fee when we actually make the agreement so then I have kind of money and that'll cover me working. And then when the final artwork is finished, I will ask for the remainder. And when I get that, I will send across the final files. So, 
yeah. So because they've paid the first bit, it's within their interest to actually follow it up and uh, kind of make sure the work is finished and then that they can send you the rest to get it. So yeah. that's what I found works. Anyways. Is there any reason why you do 40 and not 50? Uh, not really. It's like, you know, like some people are just happy with paying the full fee up front, which yeah. I, I don't really like getting because uh, I like to have like a little bit of a thing I'm looking forward to at the end of the job to keep me on my toes. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like you sort of have to work through it to get to the... the yeah, 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 exactly. Um, that's, yeah, it's, it's such an interesting, interesting topic and something that a lot of youngsters need to hear, um, especially... I bet you get a lot of messages about from youngsters wanting to get into football illustration and that. Yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you, what's your best bit of advice for youngsters to try to get into that? Uh, oh, yeah. Like, so I will have a lot of messages and there'll be a lot of people asking, like, what tools I use and, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. The only advice you can ever give anyone is just, like, work hard every single day and work smart. And by smart, I mean, like, make sure you, you'll find a book and you read it all and you find the artists in it that you really like and you find the way that they work and you know it's just to uh, not just practice for the sake of it but practice and have a purpose right that's what i would say like so i'll try and pursue things like i'll see an artist and they have great line work or they'll have great color and i like stalk them on the internet and find every interview with them you know and just like soak up everything they do and like, I'll hope that I'll take it on board and not just end up making things that look like their work, that I'll be able to assimilate it to my own style. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's the only advice that I'd ever be comfortable giving because I think everyone's different and everyone has their own thing to bring to it. But the one thing that I suppose would be a common through line would be work hard, <laughs> I suppose. But you can't teach that, you know, that's just appetite, so. Yeah, I mean, if you're willing to learn, then you're going to work hard and try and get there. Have you ever had anyone copy you and, and like, sort of rip off your work? Oh, yeah, loads. Like, But I don't think it's in a bad way. Like, right. it's not like in a... Like, I've copied loads of people's work. Like, So I'll see something, like, something I really like, and I'll go, oh, I love the line work and that, and I'll try and kind of draw it. And i sure, like, how else, how else are people going to learn? Like, and how else are people going to keep kind of developing i suppose but um i know i'd never like i think when you're doing a drawing there's that little voice in the back of your head and sometimes you'll be doing a drawing and you're like this is better than normal this is this is good like and then you're going like oh it's exactly like whatever this guy's working it's just oh but if you start ignoring that i think that's when the problem comes in or like if you're making money off it i think that's that's a no-go like Right. You know, cause I've seen it happen to Dave Merrill, you know, like people will try and copy his work. Like it's amazing. And Dave Flanagan too. Like, you know, like I could go on because I know what's happened to everyone. But when I see it, I always go, ah, I wouldn't mind if it's someone practicing and they're trying to learn. But if it's someone and they're getting work, they're basically taking money out of someone else's pocket, I think. Like, and I just think that's not on. Yeah, do you think it's quite a territorial sort of thing with different styles and people have that? Because you, 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 people you just mentioned, they will have that very specific thing that they do. Yeah. Uh, and, they, and if, say, you started stealing stuff from Stan Chow or, or you know, like you say, one of the Daves, uh, one of the yeah. men Daves, um, <laughs> <laughs> it would just be, yeah, it wouldn't be right. So do you think that's, you sort of, you know that's, that's their stuff and you sort of stay away from it on purpose? Yeah, but also it's like, I think to draw like someone else would be like trying to mimic their accent. Right, yeah. Because you've taken so long to get to the way you make your work. It's been like a million things down the road have put you this way and that way and this way and that way. And that's 
why you draw like that. So to just skip all those steps and then just start making work like them is obviously, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, I suppose you are copying them at that stage. But um, I do understand though that like, there's only one way to, like, you know, some people make master studies of people's work and they'll take something that they really like and they'll copy it and they'll draw every little bit of it to learn how they will put lines in and see what type of line gives them this type of line work. So, you know, I think that's great, like, because people have to practice, but it's just, if you do it for clients, then I think it's a problem or it's, 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 it isn't good for the whole illustration economy or the illustration community as yeah. a whole, really. People start doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that you do, I think is memes. And I, I'm not sure how many other people do that. I think that's one of your, like, your biggest things. Uh, yeah. With BT Sport, uh, getting involved with them at the Champions Draw thing. Is that why you reckon you've won it so many times? Uh, I think the first year um, I was pretty lucky because if if you look at the first entry that I actually made for it, it was like a side-on portrait of Pogba. And I made it with like wash brushes and I put like loads of detail in. And I was probably trying to be like Dave Merrill, like, you know, trying to do something just really, really impressive. And like, it was all right. But now I look back at it and I'm like, ah, it doesn't really look like Pogba. It's a cool drawing, but like whatever and then from there I kind of clicked and I was like oh this needs to be fun it needs to have like it needs to mean like nearly like kind of comic panels that you know like people can look at it and figure something out and get like uh, an emotional reaction out of it so they're nearly a part of the process of you know because they have there's like a final thought that they have to think so they're part of the image then and I think you've just got more of an emotional connection to that so I started doing that from there and I did do a bit of the meme stuff on the first year maybe that that helped me but um the second and third year like like i will i would say that like the standard of all the other illustrators is brilliant and i was working off having that like 60 odd thousand followers on instagram so it's pretty handy for votes but like i think the standard of everyone else and it's just so high and you know um i think i was pretty pretty lucky to have just the meme thing started happening on instagram for me and yeah. There was a lot of interest at that time. Like. Well, I think it creates a lot of engagement too, doesn't it? Um, oh, yeah. People that don't know what it is, can you explain what BT Champions Draw is? Okay, yeah. So Lee Moore was the man who came up with the whole thing. Uh, Lee was, I suppose, the social media head or he was the head creative or something like that in the first year. And he's moved on since. But he was the man that came up with everything. So it's his, uh, it's his kind of brainchild. And it was, he picked, five illustrators and he assigned various matches in the Champions League to each one and I was one of them and we all had to make artwork to advertise that tie and it'd be put on Instagram and Twitter and people were encouraged to like it and every like is a vote so whoever gets the most likes uh, moves on to the next round so it went from I think five to four to two to and then that was the final it was you know it was something like that I can't remember exactly so in the first year there was only five of us and then the second year I think was 12 and the third year was 12 it got a lot bigger so the, like the first year it only started in February but the last two years it starts when the actual Champions League starts so there's a lot more um, a lot more work in it if you win you get to illustrate the artwork for the final and Gareth Bale tweets your work and for the first year they came over and did like a video interview with me which was played uh, before the Champions League final on their actual live TV coverage so nice yeah well That's it's nice. <laughs> it's terrifying if you know you hate your own voice when you hear it back when you hear it on the telly you're like oh jeez <laughs> how did that help like get new work as well because that must have done something 
I think it did, yeah. But the funny thing was, like, when I heard I won, so I had to do the artwork for the final, and then Juventus got in contact, and then Man City, and then Optus, who were like, you know, the Australian Vodafone, I think. They're, right. they, they bought the rights to the Premier League. All right. So all, they all got in contact in the same month. <laughs> and uh, I was doing, like, I remember I was in my office. I bought, like, porridge, muesli, soup, the fruit, and nuts and all, and I had it all in my office, and I was just like working and eating. And I remember Father's Day was like in it somewhere, and I had to go home to my dad for like half an hour, and I was like, right, I have to go. <laughs> I was so busy because I had all these jobs. But um, yeah, I'd say it was all probably down to the Champions Draw. Yeah. Such a great way for people to see your work. Yeah, yeah. Is it just selected people that are allowed to do it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Lee kind of picked out, yeah. Yeah, so like he, he had a roster of people that he wanted to pick from. So I was lucky to get in in the first year because I think I was late responding to like one of the messages and I just got in. I just, just got in. <laughs> like, so, yeah. But um, yeah, so that's it. And uh, I'm not in it this year. I don't know if it's going ahead, but I said I wanted to kind of take a break from it because like I've been in it for the three years and like the searching for votes, you know, pushing the work on Twitter and Instagram. Oh my god, it's like melted my head. Right. <laughs> so I just I need a break from that. Like I just, uh, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that, that built up, obviously built up your audience, though, isn't it? Because it's it's this huge company uh, tweeting out, and then you're hopping on the back of it. And people... Yeah, you'd be surprised at how people follow. Like, because I I've always been shocked at that. Because I remember early on, like I did work for ESPN. Yeah, when Sweden were playing Portugal for that World Cup playoff, do you remember Ibrahimovic and Ronaldo were like scoring each end oh, yeah. for one of the, yeah, it was for a Euros or World Cup or something. And they tweeted my artwork off the main ESPN account and it has like 6 million followers or something and they tagged me. So I was like, here we go, 100,000 followers. <laughs> and I lost one follower. Like, really? I didn't, I just lost one follower. That's how I was like, what? So I think it's good for people who you need to see your work to see it, like someone who's an art director or something like that. Mm. But it, I just find it, it is odd how people follow because that year on Instagram, I got like 60,000 in a year, just every day, a few, few hundred. It was like, oh God, whoa, what? Bang. Then it just stopped. And like now I lose like 100 every day because just... You know, it's just people are sick of it. Or I always think it's like one of those curves where it went up and now it's kind of leveling out a bit. So it'll come down like maybe a few thousand. I've, I've lost like three and a half thousand over the last month or two. But like, I just go, oh, you know, like I was annoyed at first, but now I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> what can you do? But with social media these days and a lot of young guys and, and girls trying to illustrate and design, um, just doing it for like Instagram and just doing it for social media and just doing it for their peers to see it and like it. Like that's obviously, is that, do you think that's a bad mentality or do you think it's, cause I know you put a lot of stuff out there just for social. Yeah. Um, I no like, like I follow a lot of meme accounts. So I, I assume that's people just sitting on their couch, making them on their phone. Like, but um, like, I really enjoy those accounts. Mm. And um, the thing I do kind of, find a like a small bit frustrating is i think dave mentioned it too when you were chatting to dave yeah like where big corporations will use like competitions or you know like that type of thing yeah. i i do find i go you could well pay those people yeah 
and it would encourage people to follow up and get paid on jobs. But like to make people work for free, I, I never, I never liked that. Like it's the same as people that don't get paid when they're like interns. I just think no one should work for free. Like, you know, they are working, but um, yeah, with people making stuff just for social media, like I suppose they would see the final goal as getting followers. Whereas someone who's in my position would see that's a bonus but the final goal is really to pay my mortgage. Like, yeah. so yeah, so you kind of look past it, but like, I have no problem. Like I wouldn't with, you know, with people, I suppose they're doing it cause they love art or they love making stuff. So cool. Like, yeah. Cause like, I like seeing that. Like I learn something when I see that. Cause every, every person I see on Twitter that's making football art, like I can learn something off them cause they know something that I don't know. Mm. So I just like seeing all the new stuff and soaking it up, I suppose. But, the thing was like football clubs doing it like you mentioned but people are obviously joining because they want to because mm. i know dave got a bit frustrated with that sort of stuff and when, when like you and you just said with big companies and, and bigger clubs using it to get interactions or followings or whatever um and, and obviously they can't pay them because there's so many people doing it though it's like well, yeah. where's like where's the balance yeah i suppose in that situation what i thought when i was listening to the other interview with dave if they like when they pick uh, the final few that are getting the votes, you know, because let's say there's five, right. there's kind of 500 people. If they pick 10, they right. could give them, uh, send them a jersey or, or, you know, I don't know, some type of thing where it's not just clap signing something and going, cool, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but saying that, like, that must be a buzz. And I would have been straight in that. I would have been straight doing that, trying to win it every week, like when I was a bit younger. So I, like, I probably would have been doing it. But I now, from where I am, I obviously have different views. And look, you know, it's just idle thoughts on it, really. But um, it, it does make me wonder, though. Like, people really want, like, to have interactions and people using hashtags and this and that. I go, like, it doesn't matter, though, does it? Yeah, <laughs> people, yeah. You know, I, I can't really get my head around it yet, I suppose. Because people are like... I know the Roma account, they're always tweeting out how much interactions they had. And like their top tweet was that like one of, like the one where they scored, you know, and it was just like mashing the keyboard. And I'm like, yeah, that's like the most liked tweet or whatever. But I'm going like, does it have any value though? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't know what it uh, means or like what the final thing is kind of behind it. I'm still kind of puzzled at it. Like, so... I don't really know. I'm still figuring out social media. So, <laughs> um, well, you've worked with huge companies and lots of big names in sports and stuff. Are you allowed to say which has been your favourite? Oh God, nothing <laughs> popped into my head. Nothing popped into my head there. God. Oh yeah, the last job, the last one I did, the one I did with Gatorade. Oh, so I yeah, so I was able to do the artwork for the World Cup advert with Suarez and Messi, and like I was involved in that back in January. And uh, the people I worked with, like, oh my God, such such nice people. Like, I remember the first call, and <laughs> it's a conference call, and they're based in Los Angeles, and uh, they were really nice. But they kept saying that they had a look on my Instagram every day, and they were like laughing at all the drawings. And they brought up the one about Pochettino, because there's one where I just draw his face, and he's just no emotion, and he just is blank. And uh, they were saying they liked it, but they were laughing when they were telling me and they couldn't like, uh, you know, they were just cracking up laughing. And I just thought, that's so cool. Like, that's so nice to have such a cool job and the people you're dealing with are so nice. And we're having a laugh on the phone too. 
and uh, yeah, so I'd say that that was probably my favorite. Like, but um, like just for the scale of it, it was cool because I always used to look at the Nike ad in the airport for I think it was for the World Cup in '98, right? Where uh, you know it's got like kind of Ronaldo playing football with all the lads. The one in the terminal, it's really famous. You'll probably remember. You know, they hit the ball through the x ray thing and they're playing again right, right, right. around the airport. Yeah. But um, I always looked at that ad and I thought, like, oh, I'd love to be involved in a World Cup ad. And yeah. I only realized like a month ago, oh, I was. <laughs> so it was like, woo. But it's like, like you say, it's, it's cool to make people feel an emotion as well. Like you're saying, they're laughing on the phone. And uh, that's, that's pretty what I got into design, really. I want to make people feel something and, and yeah. for a reason. Um, that's yeah, that's lovely. So, do you think it's easier working with bigger companies, or do you think it's harder? Easier, it's always easier. Yeah. Always, 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 always. Uh, like sometimes you'll get emails of smaller companies. Like sometimes I work with small companies and they're brilliant, but you can see like the you can nearly read an email for like the kind of red flag kind of statements yeah. in order to, and you're like, oh, you know, you can spot them, and you're like. This, this could be, like, right, what I found is the less you're getting paid from a job, the more changes they will want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why, like, but that's it. I think it's because maybe they have less experience in setting up a brief and getting what they want. Because mm. with the bigger jobs, like, I, I was approached to do another job with Gatorade. That would have been the biggest thing I'd, I'd ever done. And oh, it was a dream job. I'll tell you that story if you want. It, it like, yeah, broke, yeah. My, it broke my heart. They wanted me to do like a massive project involving Messi for the World Cup, and uh, it would have been a big, it would have been a big deal, like, and it would have been like handed out to other players who were going to be marking them, like, you know, it was going to be a big, you know, it was, it was a pretty big thing, and the budget was like, you know, I could nearly like pay off the mortgage, like <laughs> crazy money, and I was going, whoa, this is going to be brilliant, but it needed Messi to be in the World Cup, and do you remember they nearly didn't qualify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last game, I was like sitting in my room at like half two in the morning looking at live score going, <laughs> oh, come on, Argentina. And I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I saw that they won and he scored a hat-trick. I was like, yes, they're in the World Cup. <laughs> and then the job got just cancelled. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, after going through the like roller coaster. Yeah. How did you do with that emotion? Oh, well, yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> But uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. So the uh, the the original point was like it was nice to work for them because for the brief for that job, they had looked at all my work and picked out all these things they liked. They had actually photoshopped pieces of one bit of my work onto another, going, "Oh, we like this type of thing." They made like a nine-page PDF to me <laughs> with my work. Like you know, you're just going, "Oh, this is amazing. This is so nice. Like it's it's so cool to know that they like what you do." Mm. So I have to say, like that type of job, that's the best. That's you made a really good point about um, the more experienced working with designers and and getting changes sorted straight away. Uh, I'm having one that's gone on for three months at the moment, and <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they're sort of a medium-sized company. And I think you're yeah. absolutely right with that. I think this, it's interesting to see. Maybe, maybe they just they feel like they get their money's worth, or, or yeah, like, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. Time or, yeah. <laughs> Boss, because that's going through me, through so many people. Because I'm not dealing with the boss, boss. I'm it's very with... hard. Yeah. Something I find that helps with that is if you put in the policies that you charge. So every 
every bit of work you do comes with three changes in the price. Anything past three, yeah. you send them an email and you kind of both agree that this is going past the three changes and they can incur an extra fee if they don't know what they want and can't pursue that to three changes. Like, like, so I find that that helps. And even if you just have that in the policies and they read it, they kind of go, ooh, okay, let's not be doling out changes. Like, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. You haven't learned, don't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what are some of your red flags that you, you like, look at emails and think, oh, I'm not going to work with that? Sometimes you can look at an email when you open it and you know it's a template email that they've just pasted your name in at the top and they've sent it to 100 different designers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you know those ones it's like i saw your work on the internet it is great you know those, it's like oh thanks you know that that's one of them i suppose and like if they aren't up for paying up front that type of thing but i think it's just it's like interacting with every person you meet you, you kind of read it and sometimes you just feel oh this isn't for me so yeah it's that that type of thing like um i wouldn't get much work offers like that but you can see them coming like not now you can see them coming but like you, you can feel it when when you're reading the email i think you just uh you kind of learn to see a few bits but like I, i've only been at it a few years really so i have a lot to learn yet like yeah yeah, yeah. is it what's, what's like the hardest part of, of being well what's the hardest part of your job <laughs> okay yeah yeah no there's loads uh i think chasing money can be soul destroying like I've had a uh, six months twice, you know, chasing money for six months. Like, oh, uh, that's that's bad. And doing my own accounts. Oh, <laughs> I've got the uh, got the letter of HMRC over there. I have I yeah. opened it. And it's, uh, <laughs> I've got till October. I'll do it sometime near that. I'll be alright. Worst us. <laughs> I usually sit in on New Year's Eve and do everything for the year and get it done and just really? just done because. I've done that for the last two years and I find I can work a lot better when it's not hanging over me. Just kind of, you know, cause like, you know, like you need to do a lot of concepts and coming up with stuff. And when you're thinking in the back of your head, Oh, I have to do the bloody accounts. Oh God. No, I hate it. <laughs> do you do it regularly though? Like, cause obviously you get work throughout the year. Do you, do you keep your account updated? Like is there a spreadsheet? Cause I've got a spreadsheet going. I don't know how you do it, but yeah. Um, yeah. Do you like, regularly update that? So you know what's coming in. Um, I'd be a bit like less fancy. What I do is I have an envelope for every month. Right. And I put every receipt I have for things I buy for the job in and every bit of money I get, I write it on a post-it, who it was from, what date, and I put it in. So I've got like every month of the year and I tape it up and then I just open them at the end of the year and I just, and then I have my ins and outs. That's a good way of doing it. I like that. It, it, it is, yeah. But like what I want to do is do every six months. Because then I know if I've made money in the year or not, and I need to like kick on for the next six months. But I haven't done that since. Uh, I haven't done that yet. So uh, uh, yeah, I think because I think that that's like a lot better. Like that's a smarter way of operating. Because if you know how much money you've made for the year, like let's say you had an amazing year, like amazing, and you're getting near some tax thing where if you get by it, you have to pay like way more money. Like what's the point? Like you know, so it'd be great to know exactly what like how much money you're making, so you pull back or push forward like every 99% of the time it's going to be I need to make more money like yeah, but yeah. I, I think it, it would be a clever way of operating like but you know it, it does uh, like I have a PlayStation too so like you know <laughs> we're playing that most of the time <laughs> how do you like make more money because uh, when you got no jobs and you're sitting around doing stuff you know, general and you're worried about money what happens 
Yeah, and I had like the quietest I ever was. Was like I remember November twenty fifteen. I remember that was just I was like, this is really quiet. And uh, oh no, I just wait for like a job to come in. Really, I've never like sent out uh, emails or anything because like I don't know the industry. Like I like I'm self taught, you know, and I don't have anyone else around me that's an illustrator. So my lifeline is chatting to Dave, Will, Dave Merrill, and Dave Flanagan and Scott McCroy. Like that's my. Uh, it's like link to the world of design <laughs> my our little group on twitter like but um i don't really know so i'm learning the whole time but like podcasts youtube just watching interviews with people i've started buying courses on those online schools there's like sbs uh there's a few of those they're like you know there's pretty cheap courses like there's a really good one on sbs it is uh they've got an interview with an agent for an hour and a half and it's ten dollars and they ask him every single question that you'd be thinking. Oh, but yeah. it's really good. I learned loads of it. It's really good. Well, about, about like what? Like just the, just the whole industry, how he sees artists, how he wants people to approach him, uh, that whole thing. Is it SVS? Yeah. SVS. I'll send you a link after if you want. It's really good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. SVS. Mm. Nice. Well, who have you learned most from then out of those, out of those guys or, or just in general? I'd say like like they're all really professional and I think they're all grounded. They've got good skills that I don't really have. Like I think I look at Dave Flanagan and he's just like so professional and pristine. You know what I mean? I look at his work and I'm like, oh, just really good. Like it's just, it's really crisp. It's so yeah. professional looking. And then Dave Merrill, like, like what? Like, how do you draw like that? <laughs> so you're like, what the hell? And Scott, like Scott is so good at layout. He's so good at color. He's so good at like the backgrounds on the images and getting like movement and energy into them. And, you know, he's so good at picking out, like he's got like a million things going on, but they all work. Yeah. He obviously knows his stuff. And then of course I've learned loads off Dave. Like Dave just like, he knows, like I look at something that he puts together, the layout. And I'm like, oh yeah, you can tell Dave is a seasoned pro. He knows what he's doing. He's got like a sense of style and he knows how to move about things because he obviously had a master's, didn't he? So he like knows what he's doing. Yeah, he did, yeah. And I kind of look at that and I go, oh God. <laughs> Just like, I, I know, like I'm still learning about layout and that type of thing and type and all that. And like, I'm learning a lot now because I'm putting the book together. So making things just read and flow. That's all I'm trying to think. I, I don't want it to be like this amazing thing. I just want it to work. So I, that's what I, that's what my aim is with like layouts and using type. I just want it to be solid because I don't have the skills yet to like go in and mess with it and make it like really interesting. But I think the lads, like I've learned so much off all those. They're like priceless. Is that something you do that look like actively like you look at someone's work and break it down and see how they've done it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like even like I'll be watching, uh, I watch cartoons on Netflix or I might be like watching a Disney film and like uh, I pause it and take a picture on my phone and then I like send myself an email of that. So when I'm down in the office here, I can open it up really big and just like look at how they achieved a lighting effect or something or, you know, cause if you're watching Rick and Morty, let's say there's a lot of stuff in that where there's like a pink light off a machine is glowing on someone's head and they've got, um, uh, you know, and it might be using the light. It might light the face from here, from kind of below. So that's not something I draw much where the light is hitting the underside of the nose, the underside of the chin, you know, and it's kind of lighting up here. So I'd, I'd have a look at that type of thing and I'd learn how to do it. And you see basically how to point focus. 
how they will point the focus of the viewer. Like that's the main thing you're trying to learn, I suppose. Because every image is basically that. You're trying to say a certain thing and get someone to look in a certain way. So it's basically, how will someone read this image? And that's a lot of the thought I put into the BT stuff. Oh man, like I changed so much aspects of them, just little bits, just trying to, what will people see first? How will they read the image? Is it left to right? Is it from the outside in? Is it from the inside out? Is it like, mm. what color will they see first? You know what I mean? So that's what I try and learn from that. Like we just, it's basically about pulling focus where you want. Okay. I mean, the one thing that I've, I've always struggled with is it's facial features. Uh, and obviously you, you do a lot of them uh, and, and you get them to look like the player uh, whenever I try and do it but all right, all right most of the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, they're, they're the hardest thing I've always I've always struggled with it um, whether I have to literally trace it and it, and it mm. still looks a bit dodgy <laughs> yeah yeah how do you get it right I suppose it's just uh, like obviously the thing again is like you know I don't think I always get a likeness I do sometimes I don't always though and you might look, sometimes I might draw players where if you draw Ibrahimovic and you get him wrong, you still know it's him because of all his, like, his beard, his hair, his nose. His... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh, if you ask me to draw Brendan Rodgers or that guy that manages uh, Bournemouth, what's his name? How? Eddie, Eddie Howe. Yeah. They're just normal looking fellas. They're terrifying to me. Because <laughs> you're like, oh. right, right, there's right. no big feature. There's no uh, thing. So what I've done is like lately, I've really uh, reevaluated how I was drawn. I did another drawing course. It was cheap enough, like, but what it did was it showed me if you line up the reference picture that you're working off, you put that beside what you're drawn and measure. So you'll see, like, what you want to do is, and this is what uh, I've learned off other artists, because I'll always be asking people on Instagram who are really good, and they'll, they might comment back sometimes. So I like screenshot it and save it in a folder. <laughs> like, so they always say, Start with the big shapes first. So you go from the biggest. So you try and get like, if the top of the head is a square, the bottom is a circle or like an oval. Start with the big shapes, make sure you get that. And then you come in and you do the smaller shapes within that. So like only then when you have everything sorted out in uh, the way that it sits on their head, like, so you have the rough thing, okay. then you start doing the details, the fine details. Cause you've got like a, it's like building a house, I suppose. It's like the, you're putting in the foundation and the frame and all that. And then you can go in and do like, nice windows whatever you know what i mean but you have to have the actual shape and it's great to have them side by side that makes more sense yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah like it's pretty obvious isn't it but i kind of went oh, nice like when i heard that because i was always trying to draw it all detail from the nose up and yeah, then the highlights first and yeah <laughs> yeah but it's just like be loose be really loose draw big lines like draw i always say like draw from your shoulder you know, so you've got big smooth lines because you've got more confident lines. I used to draw from my wrist, so I was like, "Yeah, that's some of my uh, something my graphics teachers told me." Um, on shoulder and lock your lock your arms, and elbow, and, and yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. What I started doing is um, I would put like a kind of grid on them, so right. I like so I'll watch and I'll go, "Okay, so the top of the eyebrow lines up with the top of the ear. The bottom of the ear hits like the nose." And there's also um, there is a set of rules that the face opposite. Uh, that the face kind of works under. So they say like from the middle of the chin to I think the corner of the eyes, that always hits the edges of the mouth. Uh -huh. And then it's like from the bottom of the nose to the jaw, it's a third, you put that into thirds. The first third is the top of the lip. And then there's two thirds for the jaw because it has to have the teeth and the jaw. Whereas the top one is only the teeth. So there's all these little things like that. Like there's loads of them. And it's like from here to here, like from the shoulder to the elbow is the same as 
some other measurements could be like from here to here. There's loads of, but like, you know, I see these people on YouTube and Twitter and they're really good at drawing figures. Like they're just brilliant. Mm. And I'll follow them and they'll tweet the odd bit of advice. So that's what I've picked up from them. So I think it's just, it's always, you're always learning stuff though. You know, it's all a process. So Absolutely. Um, and, you're, and you're a paper first guy as well. You, you go on straight. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, like, like I'll do, I actually, I pretty much am. Yeah. Like I'll do a really rough sketch. Hang on, I have one here. I'll show you. Yeah, yeah, go for it. And that's just the sketch I did for one of my little characters. So I'll take a picture of that with my phone and I'll send it to myself in an email and then I'll put it on my drawing tablet. And then I'll just sketch over. And like, uh, there's another one. That's a portrait for a current job for Seattle Sounders. Nice. Okay, but, but like, that doesn't look anything like the player. It, it vaguely does. But that's just the first one. That's just the first uh, drawing. Like, there's all lines lining up. I'm just seeing what lines up in the drawing. So I'll email that to myself and uh, use that. And I'll go through, like, 25 or 30 new ones where I'll draw them, draw them again, draw them again. Move his ear, move his eye, and it's a process of elimination. And it kind of feels like I'm cheating or that there's no art in it because you're just basically honing in on something. It's not like you've drawn it in one amazing uh, kind of burst of inspiration. But um, I was lucky this year, I got a nice job with Seattle Sounders and I've done eight magazine covers for them. So I tried to do each one in a different style. Nice. So I got to do a lot of portraits. So it was a really nice job. They're really nice to work for as well, actually. They're really, really nice. It's Great cool. job. It's cool that in America, football's becoming a lot bigger, and it's um, okay. feel it from over here. Like it's definitely it's getting there. I'm trying to choose my uh, trying to choose my American team because um, <laughs> because I went to Creative South. I feel I feel like I should support Atlanta because that's all. Yeah. Um, but then Columbus, I've always I always like Columbus. The other Ohio Columbus one. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like when you're young, you, you choose different teams, different leagues. Great. Just on FIFA. Yeah. I always remember the Columbus Crews logo was like three guys with the arms crossed. I like them. I like. That. I love that logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they changed it now. They went to uh, more of a checkered sort of uh, Bayern Munich sort of look. Yeah. <laughs> it's still yeah. Nice. still quite a cool logo. Yeah, it's good. Like I suppose, um, like I've done work for LA Galaxy and now Seattle Sounders, and uh, they've been re- they've been so nice to work for. Like really good clients. Like so nice it's so and like the way that they treat the work they'll tweet it out it gets loads of uh exposure and uh, they're just really nice clients to you know to actually work with that's a good point actually i just thought of the the exposure thing um would you ever advise doing work for exposure uh no like unless it's like the dream job where i don't know like neymar is going to tweet your work with your tag and you're going to get like two million followers and then people that can give you work will start paying attention to you but i think uh no like i just go no i'm, I'm not doing it i just as a kind of matter of principle i would uh, just go no no like i haven't worked for free in like six and a half years like you know because why would i work for free yeah. like i wouldn't walk into a takeaway and be like can i get a pizza uh, I can't pay for it though. <laughs> like, well, like, you know, like everyone, like everyone has seen those funny Twitter accounts where it's funny stories of uh, clients trying to get stuff for free, and like, yeah. sure, everyone has that now and again. It's like they never have a specific budget in mind, but they've got like a really specific project in mind. <laughs> you know, it's like no, because I think every time someone turns that down, it kills it a bit more. It's good. So, yeah, it. 
but like everyone has a thing like like there's always a balance where it might actually work for you yeah. and it's up to the people no one can tell someone what to do like so right well what's next for for yourself and where you're going to take things oh god i usually don't uh say what i'm going to do because i feel like it takes the steam out of it kind of like it kind of you know oh i'm going to do this i'm going to do that and then it might not happen yeah, but, yeah. but like I, I am putting together the art compilation book so that's like my favorite work from the last seven years so like there's like i think there's over i don't know, i think there's like 240 maybe two in between 200 and 240 bits of artwork in it i'm writing seven or eight articles on like idea generate uh, idea generation why i make memes how i do my character design my drawing process uh finding your style all of them so they'll be in it I put a section of sketches in that whole thing, so I'm really, I'm really trying to put that together. Like, so now I've I've changed a lot of the way I work this year, um, because like I I was doing the memes every day for Instagram for like ages, and it's kind of soul destroying when you just keep making stuff. You just keep doing the same type of shallow work, so I just knocked that on the head because ah, it takes up a lot of energy. Each one takes like three or four hours every day to make, so you're like, for what? Like, you know, um. So I'm trying to put more time into stuff. So uh, I've got like a football time travel series I'm doing. And like, I'm, I'm trying to put more into doing one of them than three drones of football boots. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm trying to, trying to develop my work a bit more. That's what I'm trying to do this year. Nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the last three questions I'll ask everyone at the end. I mean, you've sort of already answered this one, but the best advice to people uh, starting out Oh yeah, okay. Um, I would say research loads, study people that know what they're doing and are celebrated because you'll always be able to find a documentary on them on YouTube or like a long interview. Yeah. And I would like watch that a few times because you'll soak up how they think and how they approach work. And usually people that are really successful are people that like are obsessed with it and just work really hard. So like I'll be looking at like Chuck Jones who made all the Bugs Bunny stuff like that that type of guy because he's just this massive icon so if you can look at him and make that your grounding i think you're already off to a better start because you're trying to work towards something like that that is just kind of what he made was timeless and i think that should be a big aim Mm. people can always enjoy it it'll always bring a smile to someone's face something like that absolutely uh what's your best purchase under 100 euros you have euros over there is it yeah, you're on there. Uh, I'd have to tailor, tailor that one to different currencies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all right. I would say oh, it's, it's the nicest way to draw is get um, an A4 sketch pad of tracing paper. Get one A4 sheet of normal white paper just for a printer and put it in under your sheet and draw on the tracing paper with a mechanical pencil. Okay. Oh, it's the best. It's like, it's smooth. There's no push. You don't have to like drag your pencil. It's, it's just really nice. It's, it's a nice way to draw. That's all, like, you'd be well able to get all that for like under 20 quid probably. But uh, that, yeah, I, I just like drawing like that. That's pretty cool. No, I never heard that before. I'll try it. Um, well, lastly, how do you want to be remembered? I, I suppose someone that like uh, the work is still relevant and it makes people smile. I, I like the type of work that, uh, that I would have liked when I was a kid. Like, so... Quentin Blake, I'd look at his drawings and I'm like, oh, I want to draw. You know, you want to draw when you see it. Yeah. I like yeah. that type of effect uh, where it makes people follow what they like doing. 
So something like that, I suppose, where like and to, cause that, I think that was a big uh, reason I was doing memes is because you know like people will screenshot your meme and change it and post it on their page, and I I always thought that was kind of fun that people were just making their own jokes and you know it was changing as it was going. So it kind of things that get people involved is usually pretty fun. Yeah, that 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 type of vibe. <laughs> Nice. Uh, where can people find you and say hello? DanLayden.com is the website, and Dan Layden on Twitter, on Instagram, on Tumblr, on Dribble, on uh, <laughs> on all those things. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically it. Nice one. Thanks very much for being on the show. Cheers. Thanks very much. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for watching this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I love chatting to Dan, it was really, really good to get a bit more information about the business side of illustration and behind the scenes of what he does. Thank you very much for watching as always. Don't forget to like this video, share it, do whatever you can to support the show. Thanks very much and I'll see you next week, next Tuesday, for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast.